YOLO, the acronym for you only live once. Now, I used to think that that didn't apply to me, but upon understanding that there's truly only one life to live in Christ and it's eternal, I think that accurately applies to all believers. Let's talk about it. In today's cruel culture and wounded world, you deserve some good news. Jesus has taken the punishment for every single person that's in this room. He put the curse in reverse. And just like Adam turned a garden into a grave, Jesus turned a grave into a garden. So now it's just grace upon grace upon grace and favor upon favor upon favor. But we're still here and we're still standing. And we got Jesus, so we've got the victory. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to Preacher Think, where I take thoughts downloaded from God and his word and upload them to you via the lens of grace and kingdom. I am the creator and the host of Preacher Think, Chad Joyner, and I am excited to share with you today something fun that we're going to talk about. And I want to talk about this. Let's springboard from this thought. YOLO. We haven't heard that term a whole lot since uh, in the last couple of years, but it originated in 2012, and I'm going to talk about that in a minute. But it's the acronym for you only live once. And I used to think that that didn't apply to me. But upon understanding that there's truly only one life to live in Christ Jesus, and that life's eternal, I think that it accurately applies to believers. Now, with that being said, writer and editor September Grace from uh, 412teens.org. She wrote this about YOLO in an article. I'm going to read it for you. She said, YOLO, or the phrase you only live once, is a term that came into popularity somewhere in 2012, but it's still getting lots of use. YOLO promotes a let loose, who cares lifestyle. The philosophy is communicated well enough in its name. You got one life, so pull out all the stops and do everything. And they mean everything. YOLO gets a bad rap because of its blatant disregard for thinking through an action, not thinking or, or blatant disregard for thinking through an action to consider as a switch uh, or, or rather it gets a bad rap for blatant disregard for thinking through an action to consider its consequences. While you can find the YOLO Twitter hashtag attached to things as harmless as a switch in breakfast choices, i.e. putting chocolate chips in your yogurt, because, you know, YOLO, you only live once. The, the general culture bred around the term is one of ingrained sensuality and recklessness, going home with a cute guy you just met because, you know, YOLO, you only live once. With a you-only-live-once attitude, actions that would have brought about at best disapproval can now be justified with one simple acronym. Will this wild party leave you hungover at work in the morning? Maybe, but YOLO, you only live once. Um, is shoplifting a tub of ice cream going to end well? Probably not, but YOLO, you only live once. And I think you guys get the gist. I think you get the picture. Now, while this is the common approach to the term YOLO, I want to take a little bit of a different approach to explaining via the lens of grace how YOLO or you only live once actually can accurately apply to those that have been awakened to Christ in them. 
Um, King, uh, I, I want to say it like this. The Bible says we were born in sin. That means we were born dead in spirit, right? So we were born alive to sin and dead to God. And spirit is who we truly are at the core of our being. Now, King David penned this truth in Psalm 51.5 when Nathan the prophet called him on the carpet after he had committed adultery with Bathsheba. It was David's confession to God and prayer of regret and repentance that sounded just like this in Psalm 51.5. He said, surely I was sinful at death, sinful from the time my mother conceived me. Now, what David was saying is he was born spiritually dead at conception. He was born a sinner. He was out of step with God and in the wrong since before he was even born into the earth. He was a sinner even at conception, even as the sperm met the egg in the womb when he was just the seed inside of his mother. It says, I was sinful at conception. And this is true of every single person that has ever been born on planet earth. Now, hear me when I say this. Jesus has fixed, past tense, that problem for every single person that has ever touched planet earth. But listen, he does not force what he fixed on us. The born again reality Jesus embodies must become the present day truth reality to anyone that has yet to grasp this good news. That's exactly why Jesus told Nicodemus in the gospels. He said, you must be born again. You must come into the reality of being the saint that Christ has made you in your spirit already. He's already done his part. He's just waiting on you to say yes. It has to be awakened to and realized in the one that has yet to believe this truth, that the one um, who is still shrouded in the distrust and disbelief of Adam would awaken to all Jesus has already done in regard to redeeming us. Because if not, by default of being born in death, that one is choosing to stay in the darkened heart state. Now, he said this twice, Jesus did, within a matter of verses in John chapter three, which places extreme emphasis on one choosing to say yes to Jesus and his redemptive work to inhabit what's already done for the whole of humanity. Here's how John chapter three, verses three and seven say it. John chapter three, verse three says, Jesus replied to Nicodemus, very truly, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they be born again. And then Jesus comes right back in verse seven after he had given some commentary behind verse three. And he looked at Nicodemus and said, don't be surprised that I tell you that you must be reborn again or born again, rather, to, to see the righteousness, the peace the joy, and of course, heaven, all personified in the person of Jesus, there is a need to say yes to the finished work of Jesus. That goes for every single person. 
in some way, shape or form. The reason I say in some way, shape or form is because I like to even think about people who may have mental disabilities, who may be mute or deaf and cannot talk. I truly believe in my heart of hearts that if you can speak from your mind and from your heart, that God can read that when you are saying yes to him, even though you may not audibly be able to say it with your mouth. Say yes to calling on the name of the Lord, scripture says. That's what we have to do for rescue to be revealed to us and in us. Now, it's not a surprise. Again, it's not a surprise that we must be spiritually reborn of Jesus, born from above to come into agreement and congruence with the reality of Christ in us. Why? Because unless you come to the realization of being born from above in Christ, you can't view all of the abundant life that points to him and his kingdom, his righteousness, his peace, his joy, and of course, heaven. And again, there's got to be a rebirthing where one realizes Christ's life within them, which happens, listen, by simply believing that it is so. Not believing in and of yourself or of your own volition that you can chart or channel or self-change yourself into true life. No, 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 no. That is not how it works. It's believing that the true change comes through trust in Jesus and the work on the cross that he finished because behavior modification and self-improvement isn't an option at all when you're spiritually dead and true spiritual life derived from Christ is your need. We don't add anything to Jesus to try to finish his work. When he said it is finished from the cross, he meant that. You don't finish a finished work. It's already done. We can't complete it any better, any more, any greater than what Jesus has already done. Now, with that being said, the choice is up to people. You're born dead and you can choose to stay dead spiritually if you want to by distrusting all that is right and good and true about Jesus and about you, by the way. And with that choice, you can remain spiritually dead in Adam. And if you do that, you'll experience all of the hell of that. I don't know what all of that looks like, but you can experience all of the hell of that if you choose to remain spiritually dead in Adam. But think about it like this. Man is an eternal being because we are spirit at our core. Remember, I've talked about this before. We're three-part beings. We are spirit, soul, and body. But at the core of our being, man is an eternal being because we're spirit at our core. But listen, but there's a choice of spirit to believe. And when you choose to believe that the Adamic spirit is true of you, rather than the truth that a new human spirit has become uh, or has been provided for you and that you're made to be one with Christ's spirit as the truth in beautiful union with him because of what he did to make it so, his finished work on the cross, then you're choosing what one views scripturally as damning judgment against yourself. How do I know that? Well, Hebrews 9 27 and 28 says it this way. Let me read it for you. Just as people are destined to die once and after that to face judgment. So Christ was sacrificed once to take away sins of many, and he will appear a second time not to bear sin, but to bring salvation to those who are waiting for him. 
So with those verses of scripture, those two verses there, you got to understand physical death is a one-time deal. And after that, there's judgment based on whether, here it is, you simply believe Jesus or you didn't, and you left his rescue on the shelf, so to speak. Um, the one that uh, was offered once for all sin and took care of it all for all people for all time, by the way, uh, and the one who is coming again to exact his rescue, Jesus coming again to manifest it, to tangibly actualize it, as we await it, says that there's judgment. Not that he enables, uh, but that we bring barring our trust or distrust of him. It's, it's a judgment that we bring on ourselves. It's not a judgment that he puts on us. In a sense, I dare say it this way. You're judging Jesus and his finished work. When Listen to this. Think about it this way. When you reject what he has done, it's like standing in a courtroom as a judge and saying, I hereby declare by my human judgment that what Jesus has done is insufficient for me for anybody else and for the whole world, and I hereby rule myself a rogue that will be adequate by my own human merit. And, and somehow that will get me into whatever the glorious afterlife looks like. Now, what I need you to understand is, is I don't personally know anyone that would say those words out loud, but that's exactly what happens when one opts out for any other way besides Jesus, whom John 14, 6 says is the way, the truth, and the life. I mean, that's why he says that he's not coming again to deal with sin. Why? Because he already did that on the cross. He's already dealt with it. He's coming again to greet us with rescue and in hand, and it would behoove Whoever that has yet to put down uh, uh, any manner of the project of self to do so and to grab onto the perfection of the son as your own, to stave off uh, your own uh, self-manifested judgment that would come from rejecting the truth that Jesus is for you and he wants you. I mean, we have done a magnificent job, especially in Western culture, telling people how much we love Jesus and how much we want him. But I think it would behoove us to start telling people how much Jesus loves them and how much he wants them. Right. And, and, and listen, and you and you understand you come into this staving off of this manifested judgment by simply believing. John 6, 29, some, his disciples said, God, what Jesus, what must we do to work these works, plural, of the Father? And Jesus, with his awesome self, comes back and he says, the work, singular, of the Father, not plural, the work, is simply that you believe. Believe in the one he sent. Believe in me. Jesus already burned away and obliterated your sin. So you might as well believe it. I mean, because the question is, is what do you have to lose? Well, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> I'll tell you, life. You have life to lose if you choose to reject him. Again, it, it, it's not that it's not already fully and freely given to you, but there is a need to accept your acceptance. I mean, because when we do, listen to this, 
when you become dead to sin and alive to God, that's truly living once and for all time. That's life eternal. And it's not, listen, it's not your old life made longer and better. It's not a renovated life. It's not a reupholstered life. It's not a remastered life. It's a brand spanking new life in Christ. And it's his life inside of you. This is the, this is the grace-filled believer's definition of YOLO, of you only live once. Grabbing on to new life in Christ is grabbing on to true life for the very first time. Romans 6, 11 says it this way. Listen to this. In the same way, count yourself dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. In present day reality, go ahead and reckon or count yourself like an accountant would, keeping the book straight. Count yourself dead to the spiritually dead old you in Adam and alive to God in the spiritually alive new you in Christ Jesus. Now, please hear me out when I say that. It does not mean that you won't mess up and forget who you are in a moment and refer to your old self in Adam at times. Remember, when you got saved, your spirit got saved, your spirit got rescued, but your soul is still in the, the sanctification process. It's still being saved. You're perfectly saved at the core of your being and who you are in your spirit, but you're not perfectly behaved because behavior is housed in the soul, the mind, the will, the emotion the imaginations, the convictions, the attitudes, the actions, and all of that stuff is still in process. All of that stuff is still us. Our soul is still catching up to what our spirit already knows about us. But listen, so again, you it doesn't mean that you won't mess up and forget who you are in a moment and, and still uh, try to reimagine yourself in congruence with the old self and Adam at times. You, you will. But it, but listen, it does mean by grace through faith that it, that's not who you are at the core of your being any longer, right? When you remember who you are in Christ, the renewing of the mind, Romans 12, 2, the belief, trust, and dependence in Christ, it, it will help you remember has forever uh, become a constant in truth that we are living free from the penalty and the power of sin. Sin no longer masters us. Romans 6.14 tells us that. And it was of no goodness of our own, but the goodness of Jesus towards us, all with his finished work on the cross. Life in Christ has uh, us to believe the truth that not only are we joined to him forever, but we continue to view ourselves in our new natural practice, our new state as non-responsive to the pull of sin while living, not merely existing, but living in the pleasure of union with God in Christ Jesus on a daily basis. And again, when you're dead to sin and alive to God, it's forever. It's true. It truly is living once and for all time through eternity. It's real, live, eternal YOLO. It's real, live, eternal, you only living once in Christ Jesus. Now, I'm not saying that there isn't physical death to be had 
in, in, in our in uh, by by all of us in our current natural state in the earth suit our, where our spirit is housed in in this body that we have but we got to remember when we transition from living here we transition to continuation of living by Christ's spirit in his manifest presence to be absent from the body is to be present with the lord scripture says in in 2 Corinthians 5:8 I love John P Key in one of his old gospel songs he says I'm living to live again so it's living continue it's true life continued in Christ Jesus, even when we transition from here to there, from earth to heaven, from, from just being in this natural state to being in a fully spiritual state in Christ Jesus. But in, in being in the, it's when, we're, when we transition into this, the actual tangible presence of the Lord, our spirit will do so new, and glorified, and we will have a resurrection body, Philippians 3.21 says. But even still, none of that nullifies the truth that with Christ's life in us right here and right now, and not somewhere off in the distant future, right here in the nasty here and now, it does not, what I just said does not nullify the truth that Christ's life in us right here and right now it doesn't nullify that we are not transition ready because we are. We are transition, judgment seat, and heaven ready because we are eternally secure and alive in Jesus right now. I mean, have you ever considered, believer, you will live as long as Jesus lives, which is forever. I mean, Galatians 2.20 says that we died and now we live the life that, that we have life in Christ. The life that we now live is in him and he lives in and through us. It's not our life, but his and he's going to live forever. Hebrews 7.23, uh, I think, yeah, Hebrews chapter 7 verses 23 through 25 says it this way. Listen to this. Now, there have been many of those priests since death pre uh, prevented them from continuing in office. But because Jesus lives forever, he has a permanent priesthood. He's our once for all time priest and we need no other, right? He has a permanent priesthood. Therefore, he is able to save completely those who come to God through him because he always lives to intercede for them. Do you see it? Did you hear it? <laughs> Those verses announced it twice. So it is of the utmost importance that we recognize that Jesus lives forever and we are in him and he is in us living through us. So whether you view it by our new default or definition in him, we are truly alive forever. So YOLO, the acronym for you only live once. Again, I used to think that that didn't apply to me. But upon understanding that there's truly only one life to live, truly live in Christ Jesus, and that life is eternal, never ending, gonna keep going, forever glorious in Christ Jesus, I think that YOLO accurately applies to all believers when we're understanding that we're only living our one true life in Christ. Well, we've run out of time, but I hope that you have enjoyed the show today. 
Of course, I hope that you will connect with us and I hope that you will continue to live out your life at the pace of grace. You guys be blessed. Want to share the good news? You can support Preacher Thing by sharing it with everyone using the share button. You can stay connected to Preacher Thing via Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and various podcast streaming platforms. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns about what the gospel has done for you, message us or leave them in the comment section. You can also email us at preacherthink at gmo.com. Thanks for tuning in.